Hi, my name is Ritendo Nyamuda and welcome to another exciting, phenomenal episode of In My Twenties. In my twenties, while you're here, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Today's episode is the final podcast episode for 2019 and I am so excited to dive into today's conversation with our guest. So welcoming herself onto the In My Twenties podcast and into the In My Twenties family. Here she is. Hi, I'm Paula Tawila Ngambi. I'm currently working as a YouTube partner manager and digital strategist. I have a background in radio. I'm currently obsessed with the digital space. I'm a qualified architect and really see myself more as a digital architect, helping other creators actually to navigate the platform and tell their unique, authentic African stories. Now on every episode of the In My Twenties podcast, my guests always come through with these incredible mind moments or gem moments. And this is just one of them. What interested me, and especially after learning about love languages and chatting to my aunt about it, is that she said something that was so profound. Mm. And she said, just because someone doesn't love you exactly the way that you think you should be loved, doesn't mean that they aren't loving you with everything they've got. The In My Twenties podcast is split up into three sections. In the first section, we get to hear a little bit more about Twala's career journey. In the second section, we dive into today's topic, which is all about getting to know yourself a little bit better. And finally, rounding up all three sections is a conversation on the all-consuming Twenties journey. So let's get straight into it. There are so many facets and so many elements of your mm-hmm. career history, of who you are, of what you've done. So tell me a little bit about your journey and kind of how you got to where you are today. Cool. I think the first place to start is the place or the career that most people know. That would be radio. Yeah, I worked in commercial radio for just under a decade. And I say just under a decade, although it was like eight or seven years. But like, let's round it off. Mm-hmm. Okay. It makes me sound older, <laughs> like more wise. I've also done things in conventional media, so um, TV, modeling, back in my youth, those kind of things. I studied architecture. I also have a qualification in digital strategy and social media, and I currently work as a YouTube partner manager and digital strategist. Yeah. And if I could figure out how to work yeah, for an architecture firm and be head of their digital presence that would be amazing all the renders and 3d stuff that you're doing Mm. how do we package that onto youtube Mm. like that would be exciting yeah we just aren't all there yet yeah in that world but but it's very interesting you say that because i think now every single industry needs a digital presence it's kind of like if you don't have a digital presence you almost don't exist it's scary Mm. but it's also so exciting Mm. especially for companies and brands that aren't on the platform yet is What's the story you're trying to tell? Mm-hmm. How are you adding value? Mm-hmm. And are you well represented? Because at the end of the day, the, the internet exists. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not telling me about you, yeah. everything I know about you is based on what somebody else is saying. And you don't get to control that narrative. Wow. I think like it's one of those things like every single medium has had its kind of era. So like we had radio, we had TV, we had black and white TV, we had color TV, <laughs> now we have Netflix and Shell, which is a medium in itself. Um, well, well, um, I don't think we have like this massive YouTube boom because we're going into 2020. What would you say is like the biggest trend for the YouTube space? What should people be doing more of? And I I think this point is not just YouTube then when it comes to just 
digital anything and if it's social media focused um youtube facebook instagram tiktok linkedin wherever you are is just being more authentic i think because of how much we consume when it comes to digital content we almost have this prescribed idea that we're trying to fit into forgetting that yeah there's there's a lot of people that are on the platforms but you don't exist there yet and that exact that's your power that's mm-hmm. that's exactly what you need to do when you go on there yeah. um so there there isn't a niche that I would say is saturated when it comes to the stats mm-hmm. you know gaming is obviously doing really well mm-hmm. we don't have a huge gaming industry in South Africa okay. but there is space for everyone mm-hmm. as and i think that the the only thing is going learn from the people that inspire you mm-hmm. but don't imitate Okay. I think that would be the trend is what's being praised what's being really enjoyed as content that's authentic. Mm. I once read something that said actually not that I once read it there are actually multiple articles that say one's addiction to social media is equivalent to or it lights up the same areas of the brain as taking cocaine. Absolutely. So yeah, I've read lots effect, of that. Yeah, yes, yeah. The effects are the same. It's dopamine. So it's it's the same feeling that you get when you when you shop mm. and when you online shop you get it twice because mm. you hit checkout and you're like oh my word it's coming mm. then it arrives and you're opening it and feeling happy again and yeah. so you'll find that for some reason even though your purchases that you get online don't necessarily always outweigh the ones that you get when you actually have that in-person interaction yeah we value it a little bit more because we're getting two shots of that hectic and then we go oh but it's the convenience But then again it comes back to mm. saying like even with Instagram saying that they wanted to take away the amount seeing the amount of likes that one person has. Yeah. Um Instagram. I haven't I mean not fa- it's not Facebook Instagram sorry. Did yeah, yeah you did Facebook? say Instagram. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Instagram and Facebook and other platforms have admitted to having attention engineers that are hired to do just that. Wow. Figure out what they need to do to keep you there longer. Oh wow. And you'll find that if you really do um a lot more reading on this and 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 dig a little bit more they would even restrict likes if you post a picture now and in the first 5 minutes all 500 of your friends are like love it why would i give you all 500 likes right now and then just like be quiet you're kidding there are lots of little things like that programmed into it wow i work in in the digital space and i myself as a consumer of it had had to take digital detoxes and been like yeah hey okay let's calm down there is no time like now when it comes to technology's ability to literally change someone's life mm. literally and and to your point there is there's the dark side of social media mm-hmm. definitely but to your point there is that beautiful essence and element to mm-hmm. social media body positivity all of that stuff for mm-hmm. me especially going through varsity struggling with my weight struggling with the way i looked it was watching people on the internet and now you know even exactly, on instagram yeah. that you know makes you feel great about yourself because you can see women who look like you you can yeah. follow their pages and you kind of get that personal touch that you don't get from a magazine today mm-hmm. there is someone who may not have a tv may not have i don't have a tv so i don't have a tv i didn't watch the live stream or whatever of miss universe that because of social media and someone that I don't even follow I know that a girl that's just as dark as me that he has hair just like me mm. on a world stage was told that she was going to wear this crown and is beautiful mm. it's the most beautiful person in, in the, the universe, universe right yeah 
And that means something to someone like me who mm. grew up being this brown, having natural hair for my whole life. It's moments like that that, that make me go, hey, look at the marvel of, of technology. Look at the marvel of the internet and social media and our ability to share. I will probably never meet Miss Universe. And she'll probably never know how much she's changed me. And I'm grown. Like, imagine someone that's younger than me. In reflection, right? So I think now is the time of the year where a lot of people are looking back. They're like, yo, it's been a journey. They thought January, February, March was shaking. And then May, April, May, June, July. How shaky was your 2019? <laughs> <laughs> like, the way you're out but here. Can I tell you, for me, <laughs> for me, I saw that there were the effects of the moon. Then there was the effects oh, yes, of the sun. The retrograde and all the that. But that retrograde happening. was for the whole year no, based on how I really feel. I feel like it just didn't stop. The retrogrades were crazy. <laughs> like the retrogrades were on another level. Mercury retrograde, the reverse yeah. of the Mercury retrograde. I, don't, I genuinely don't understand any of these things. But sometimes when I have a bad day, mm. I'm like, that's that's what it is. Absolutely. Retrograde. 100%. And then it like spun and then unspun. Yeah. Then when I'm having a good day, I'm like, yeah, no, I can't relate. <laughs> can't relate, man. I don't know what they're talking about. Why are they going so crazy? Yeah, I'm like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? Why are you guys so emotional? Mm. And then there was the pull of the moon at some stage. What does that mean? There was the pull of the moon is and the so seasons of the ocean. Is because, the moon attached to your ankle? Well, someone said that because we are like largely water and the moon has an effect on the tides, that the moon had effects on us and our emotions. It's probably just an excuse because this year was rough, guys. I mean, I'm ready to accept the moon's retros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything, all of it. <laughs> all of it. Are you are you a big star sign person? Not at all. Okay. So, I had to learn what mine was just to have conversations with other human beings. Okay, what is your star sign? Pisces. Ooh. Don't know what that means. Ah. Ooh. No. Okay. So I only Can't know my, I only know my own star sign, but I love it when like you meet someone and they're like, "What is your star sign?" And then you they tell you and they're like, "Oh, that makes so much sense." Or oh, you're that kind of person. And I'm like, well, I'm just like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Plus, I'm on the 20th of March, mm. which is like between Pisces and whatever's next. It's like the last. It's in the middle. Mm. And so back in the dizzy mm-hmm. before the interwebs, mm-hmm. depending on what which magazine you purchased mm-hmm. on the back pages, mm-hmm. I would either be a Pisces. Or whatever the next thing is. I don't okay, know. Okay. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I you know, really I, only know you. I just know I'm Scorpio. I know what a sign. I'm a Scorpio. I know everything they say about Scorpios is oh. true. Don't get on our bad side. Don't oh, mess really? with us. We love hard. We're conflicted. We yeah. sting. All of the beautiful stuff. But that could be said about anybody. Isn't that us too? This is true. This is every, actually uh, all this. Someone actually said, if you actually accidentally read the, the wrong star sign, you'll believe that that was your star sign. You'll make it fit. Is that how it mm, works? I don't mm. know. It's like today you're gonna have a great day. You'll meet the love of your life. Manage your finances correctly. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. All good. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not really good or versed in that. I just know that I'm a Pisces, so mm. I can answer the question and then I don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I apologize if my sign hurts your feelings. Do they do that? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you apologize this man. Oh. <laughs> but then, are we? Are we? Is my sign the apologetic sign? Yours is probably the Do we say sorry a lot? You say sorry a lot. That's I, I genuinely don't know. <laughs> do you follow any of the other stuff, like the Enneagram types? I or? have done the test okay. for work. Okay. Do you know what Enneagram type you are? That's one of the numbers up to nine, hey? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a five. Okay. At my core. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, do you know your wings? Yes. Okay. Let me just try to get this right. So okay. I am... The deepest of the thinkings, right? That's the five. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, was it a nine? Like a, the mediator, the nine, or, and then the creative. Okay. Like really creative. So, mm. 
Is it a four? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But that is amazing that you know your Enneagram type. Like I absolutely oh, really? know it. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Because we were talking about, or well, my sister and I often talk about all of these things. Mm. And we're saying like people had their season of like star signs and reading their star signs and people do read their star signs. Mm. And the thing next is Enneagram types. Oh, yeah. And well, I didn't know about it before. Enneagram types are beautiful. And then there's also that uh, personality test where you can be like an I, if I, oh, yes. N, J, yeah. pick that letters. Yeah. yeah. I forgot I just, mine. I forgot mine as well. Yeah. Even with the Enneagram, I don't know the exact numbers. I just know that I'm the deepest of the thinkers. Mm. I'm the deepest of the feelers mm-hmm. in the creative space. And I'm the mediator. So I don't okay. move to action until I've really thought about everything. And I try and make sure that we're not like hurting anybody or like yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I can function in whatever the most active one is. I forgot it whatever the action one important mm-hmm. is. I just, I'm not at my happiest, but I can do that well if I know stuff because I'm a quiet specialist. Oh, wow. So if I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. this is also how I survived radio because mm-hmm. it's really fast paced. It's action. It's yeah. go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah. But it's okay for me to do that if mm-hmm. I feel confident in what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I learned a lot about myself That's doing that so test. Beautiful. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh my word. Have you ever heard of the musician Sleeping at Last? No. Okay, so I recommend this to everyone. If you know your Enneagram type, look up Sleeping At Last. This is a plug. <laughs> Shameless <laughs> plug. Ryan, if you're listening, this is for you. It's Ryan. His your name is Ryan. Anyway, so Sleeping At Last, this don't guy. Don't like a stalker at all. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> Sleeping At Last. Um, so this guy um, created songs for each Enneagram type. And so Ooh. he sings a song about them, but it's all about the childhood wounds. So how... Basically, how we are as adults is based on the childhood wounds and childhood experiences we've been through, and you're always chasing something. So I know, for example, number ones are the kind of people who were kind of like star kids. Like, they were first in their class. They were the yeah. ones with the honors blazers and the trophies. And for them, me. Wow. for them, affirmation came from, like, the trophy. Okay. And like, like achieving things. Yes, achieving things. And then I think number two, which is mine, which is kind of like you'll fix other people before you fix yourself. So okay. like you'll suffer in silence mm. and then like everyone else must be fine kind of a thing. And then I don't know what the other numbers are. Um, but then I really love like eight and nine, like the songs for eight and nine, but it's beautiful because he has instruments and he talks about the emotions behind them. You should really, Sounds really check beautiful. it out, but it's absolutely beautiful. Mm. So what is the biggest learning that you've learned about yourself by taking like these like Enneagram tests or, um, what is it? It's not emotional tests. It's the uh, personality type. Yeah, systems. like the personality tests, the Enneagram tests. Like, what have you learned about yourself? And I'm a lot like my dad. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. I think what I learned was twofold. It was definitely there were some things that reaffirmed what I thought were my strengths that I bring to the table, mm-hmm. and I think my learning in those spaces was seeing how. What is, in theory, a strength mm-hmm. has an equal and fantastically opposite negative mm-hmm. and how that can and has in other times hindered me mm-hmm. and just sort of being attuned to that going, oh, my word, I've always sat comfortably in needing to know. But in mm-hmm. life, you can't always know, like mm-hmm. you cannot always be that certain and you need to trust mm-hmm. in people around you enough to move to action or just be like Yoda, or mm. be like, you know, God has my back enough. But mm-hmm. you'll do nothing if you need to be as certain as my core mm. number little five or whatever yeah. needs to be. Yeah. And that there is a power and something to be celebrated in people that have that 
I guess, I don't want to say they're crazy Mm -hmm. or nuts, but just being brave enough to Mm -hmm. move to action when you don't have all the things figured out. Mm -hmm. And and to understand that, oh my word, that person is actually being brave. They're not just being crazy. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's reckless, other times it, it really... It is the jump you need to make. Mm. Have you always been one of those people who's very in tune with yourself in terms of knowing knowing your likes, knowing your dislikes, knowing your love languages? Because I'm feeling like as we're getting older, certainly with me and a lot of conversations I'm having with people, it's this journey that you go on. For such a long time, you grow up with principles and rules that you either learned from growing up in the household you did or going to a specific um place of worship or there were these rules to your life but then there's the learning and then there's the unlearning and then the re-becoming of who you are yeah I I definitely had those stages I do think that they're all important so I grew up a certain way around certain people and had what I believe were my core values and then when I got a little bit older had to sit and go through all those things and go why do I believe that Mm. Okay, why why did they believe that? Do I believe that for myself? Um, all, all those kind of questions. Is there an opposing idea that perhaps you know speaks to me a bit more? Mm. And then rewriting my own list and learning that one, that's okay. Mm. And two, that list is never final. Like those same things have changed and moved, and mm. I've grown and 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 learned as I guess it's a, it's a journey. So. Mm. It's, it's not as if I was like, oh, my word, mom, everything you taught me was wrong. I know better now. Yeah. <laughs> and then that better that I knew just stayed. I'm like, yeah. no, even that I've gone and been like, oh, my word, Twala, 21-year-old yeah. you didn't know much, mm. you know. Mm. And I'm sure in like 10 years' time, I'll also be like, <laughs> what a joke. Right. You, th- right. you thought. It's like, it's like every single time I talk to someone older about mm. like I mean much older like in their 40s or 50s about the quarter-life crisis and how I'm millennials sure are going through like the that. most mm. they literally roll their eyes and they're like you don't know yeah they're like no you don't know yeah. okay when you know better you'll do better exactly but it's the same I think looking at like teenagers who are just like oh my gosh high school is so difficult and so tough it's like mm. you can only carry the load and experience the load that you're currently carrying absolutely and I think even though you've lived through it and survived it and ooh, it's not as bad as the rest of your life. I don't think like I think all those that are going through it right now, mm. every single one of those cries and ugh's and ugh, is all that's valid mm. because when you are 16 and you are in high school and that's your whole life, that is at that time mm. your whole life. And so to turn around and be like, Oh, get over it. Mm. By the time you're 50, it won't matter. Yeah. It's like, cool, but I'm not 50. Mm. I'm 16 today dealing with what I'm dealing with in this world right now. And it matters. And I think as grownups in quotation marks, because I'm a grown up in training, (laughs) we should, yeah, we we should remember that. Mm. Because I I think you you can't deal with something that you refuse to see. So I can't even help someone that's 16 if I refuse to acknowledge Mm. that at 16, these things genuinely matter. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I want to ask, do you know, because I think one of, one of the other things in one's life journey is like obviously understanding and getting to know themselves, um, learning not only just habits the re- and learning and relearning and all of that, but also learning your love languages. So like how you love and how you receive love, how you notice other people love and how you notice how other people receive love. Do you know your love languages? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> so... Okay, well, one, what interested me 
and especially after learning about love languages and chatting to my aunt about it, is that she said something that was so profound. Mm. And this was still when I was just like uh, dating this guy and I was just like, oh, he's so annoying. Oh, he doesn't do this. Well, why can't you just think about, you know? Um, and she said, listen, just because someone doesn't love you exactly the way that you think you should be loved doesn't mean that they aren't loving you with everything they've got. Mm. A mind like, moment. Right? That moment took me back. Yeah, I'll say that again. Just because someone doesn't love you in the way that you think you should be loved mm. doesn't mean that they're not loving you with everything they've got. And for me, it was that moment that really encouraged the idea of communication. Of, hey, cool, in your mind, you are doing the most by taking off from work, coming home, cleaning my whole apartment, I come home to food, da-da-da-da-da. In your mind, you've done a lot. And you're trying to love on me. And I'm just going, one, it's a little bit creepy. Two, go to your job. Like, mm. go to your job. Mm. But what does mean a lot to me is if we just walk. We don't even have to eat. We don't have to buy anything. Yeah. We just need to walk together down the promenade to the beach. Yeah. Because for me, that's important. Mm. That's more important than anything you could get me, you could buy from me. Like, it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't matter. And so as much as that quote and that what she said really stood out to me, it was also like she followed that up with going, but that doesn't mean that you don't deserve to be loved in a way that you understand and appreciate and acknowledge. Mm. But it does mean that you don't just dismiss someone that you haven't bothered to communicate with. Mm -hmm. The reason I say yes or no to, to the question is because I, I did the whole test and everything and they kind of rank so that you see what you score more on. Yeah. And I was like right in the middle for all of them. Oh, is it? <laughs> so depending on what day You're you like, catch me. I'm a Pisces neutral retainer. <laughs> and it doesn't mean I don't like gifts and it doesn't mean I don't like quality time, yeah. but it does mean depending on the day. And I think what's nice with the relationship that I'm in now which goes back to the idea of communication is I can definitely say, or he can see that I'm down and he'll be trying all these things. But like, I really just need some words of affirmation. Mm. Yeah. But it's being brave enough to ask that. Yeah. But also being in tune enough to know that that's what I need. Mm. And it doesn't make me weak for saying it. It also doesn't make what he's about to say less true because I asked him to say it now, trusting that he's only going to tell me what he believes. Mm. And if he had nothing nice to say about me, mm. he would have left by now. Like we wouldn't be together anymore. Mm. And so whatever he's saying in this moment, that I'm just giving him the opportunity, knowing that I need it. And it, it definitely takes time. Absolutely. Like even now I'll get to a place where I'm like, I'm so upset and I'm so sad. But I can, I'm wise enough with my feelings to say, you can't fix this. Mm. So I guess I just need you to uh, be around. Yeah. And yeah. Remind me that I'm loved or whatever it is. Like, mm. as opposed to, because your partner is going to want to help you. Mm. If you love someone, it's not what you're going to want to do. Yeah. You just don't know what to do. Mm. And I watched this uh, video on YouTube that spoke about um, emotional maturity and how a lot, a lot of people, we have degrees, we have this, we have all mm. these accomplishments, but we haven't necessarily made it out of like being a two, three year old. And it hit me. It hit me because I was like, what do you mean? I, I communicate. I have a good relationship. Like, I'm doing these things. It's like, yeah, no, 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 no. What happens when you don't get what you're away? What are those actions? 
Is it just mm, like you act what? out? You build walls. You oh, why? yell. You are you leaving? Where are you going? Are you into a room? Like mm. okay. Now imagine a little person doing exactly what you're doing. Mm. How old are you really when it comes to emotional maturity and where you've come? Because in your mind you're like, what do you mean? I'm a grown up. Like mm. I'd probably like sit down and talk to them. It's like yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You can tell a lot about someone based on how they act when they don't get their way like mm. just just that one thing mm. twala we are on the last section of the podcast also one of my favorite podcast sections because it is all about the 20s journey the quarter life crisis everything to do with one's 20s how would you summarize your 20s oh it's been a blast it's mm. not even over yet mm-hmm. um and blast in both wa- ways that oh my word it's been amazing but also like there's been chaos have you ever experienced the quarter life crisis I would say yes and no. The quarter life assumes that there's going to be, like, this is exactly a quarter mm-hmm. of my life. But, oh, yeah. Mm. Do you only, does it only happen once? How many times can it happen in your 20s? I think it happens. I mean, my first one came when I was, like, 22, 23. And then I think I've had one almost every year. I see. So you can, okay. Because that, so that's, I'm like, I'm living through it. Okay. <laughs> I'm burning in a quarter life crisis. <laughs> okay, so what was your quarter life crisis and how did you overcome it? I think my, my quarter life crisis was layered. Mm-hmm. It had to do with like self love and, and personal growth as well as just believing in myself. I, I think, I think what, what really was a catalyst for me was being in the media industry. And I think at that stage I was, I was hosting lunch and it was just great. And having like being privy to conversations. I mean, cool. Sometimes I was eavesdropping on my business, but yeah. I was there, but just and like, starting to understand how people saw females in media and and it's not it sounds it's a very general like a generalization but hearing things about how you know females in that space not everyone studies and that's the problem with having a job that you could just get by accident or just be talented at and just the the idea of what is respected and it's not like I can't wake up tomorrow and be a different race and a different gender, but I, I also can't not try and plan for my future. Like mm. all these things all at once. I remember feeling really, it was strange because in theory, you're empowered. Look at you, look at the world you live in, look at the time you're growing up in. Wow. Opportunities endless. So in, in theory, you're empowered. I just remember feeling so helpless mm. and not knowing what to do or how to fix it, but also feeling so alone Mm -hmm. and a little bit guilty because how dare you not be grateful. Mm. And I think that how dare you not be grateful came out in little ways every time I kind of reached out for help. And also was the reason it took me a while. Like I went through the crisis for a long time without trying to deal with it or managing it. I was just like, yeah, but I mean, it's kind of here, but not really because like, how dare I not be grateful? Mm. Like in a lot of ways, I'm privileged. In my own little ways. Yeah, mm. sure. Yeah. But but accepting that and acknowledging that, like you can do that and believe it and really own it and be like, yes, 100%. Here, yeah. Here's a list of all the different ways that I've been privileged and still want to do better and mm. still want to do more and still genuinely not be happy. Mm. And like all those things can exist at the same time. Mm. And I think at the time I didn't believe that. I was like, "Yeah, if you are this privileged and if you are in theory successful, why are you not happy? Yeah, how dare you not be happy?" Yeah. 
Sure. I want to ask you something on the being a black female and, you know, supposed to be Fun empowered and all of these things. Um, even for me, like entering the industry, before the industry, I had a friend of mine who told me, I mean, we were pretty much did exactly the same things in high school. She said to me, the only reason I was going to get into UCT and she wasn't was because I was black. Yeah, I heard that too. Um, I took somebody's spot, apparently. I took their exact, right? you took their, their exact like, spot. Like, okay. If you weren't there, they would be there. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, and then you enter the work environment. That's one hurdle. Um, and then you enter the work environment and then people say like, this is the time for black females. Like if you're a black female in X industry, Which work is this? this is the time, this is the time you you're earning the best. Everyone wants to be, like black females empowerment, like all of these things until you're a black female in the industry. And you're like, yes, maybe you guys are saying that, but do you know what the experience is like? Yeah. What a scam. Right. Like the know. contrast of what is being said and the, I think it's the ideal, the idealism of it. I think it's also like the narrative that we choose to focus on, mm. right? If as society and media, we push woohoo, woohoo, female, like female empowerment, black girl magic, woohoo, woohoo. If we do that loud enough, we don't have to actually listen to the lived experience. Mm. Because what do you mean? There's no better time than now to be you. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, you say that without not once ever being me. I do have one final question. So weird to even say this, that this is the last podcast episode of 2019. Ooh la la. Um, and no pressure. <laughs> but what advice would you want to leave for people listening to the podcast, ending off their year, reflecting on the year, reflecting on themselves, on the journey that they have lived through? Um, and just before we jump into the next decade, what advice do you have? I mean, there's no pressure because I did give the disclaimer that I'm really not that wise. <laughs> I, yeah. You're like, I'm fine. I'm like, I'm, I'm all right. Hey, I'm just, good I'm luck. Just <laughs> this is my advice. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> no, I think my advice is it's actually something that, like it's a painting I'm currently working on to, to put in our little new home. This too shall pass. And I think it is the one statement that you can take with you wherever you go. And I think for me, and the reason I'm trying to really put in my effort in this, in this artwork so that I can put it on my walls, the first thing you see when you come in and, and the last thing you see when you leave is just the idea that saying comforts me in times that are tough is understanding that it doesn't, it won't last forever. It hurts. Absolutely. It sucks. Absolutely. It, it really is the worst you've experienced, but it does pass. And it's the same statement that I repeat to myself on the best days, and I've had some great days in 2019, is that even that, that too shall pass. So be present in those things. The time you have with people. Okay, right now I, you know, I don't have a great social life or I'm particularly unemployed, but I'm currently with you in this space. And even that will pass. So let me be present in the happiness, be present in the joy. And, and put that phone down. You don't have to capture it because that actual moment will pass. And I think that's the one thing, if I can give myself advice for today or for the future, on a good day or on a bad day, understand that that too shall pass. Let that comfort you when it's rough, but also let that be the nudge that you need to be more present and to lean into all the positive while it's around. 
Thank you so much, Twala, for coming on to the final episode of the In My Twenties podcast for 2019. And to be very honest, there is no other conversation that I would have wanted to have at the end of this year, especially as we launch into 2020, a new year and an entire new decade. To everyone listening, please don't forget to follow us on various social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and we'll be posting a lot more in 2020. Wishing you all a blessed Christmas and a phenomenal 2020 New Year's to come. So we will catch you all next year in 2020, right here on In My Twenties. In my twenties, in my twenties, how old are you? I am in my twenties, in my feelings, in the motion, in the ocean, breaking habits, excess baggage, letting go, it's not a habit, not coming with me in 2020. Okay, bye.